Welcome to Launch Chat, where we answer your startup questions every single day. I'm your host, Jay Kerr, and today's question comes from Tony in Sioux Falls. Uh, we're going to be talking about some ways that you can find really good lawyers for your startup. And really, in Tony's situation, we're talking about how he can choose between working with the, the quote, big agency lawyer versus working with like the small like startup type lawyer who's usually like a one man shop, probably takes only a select few clients at a time. How do you make that decision between who you should work with? You know, the prestige and the power that comes with the big law firm versus, you know, the personal service and the care that comes with the small lawyer and whether or not it even matters when you're choosing them. So we're going to get into that a little bit today and talk about some of the legalese stuff that goes into building your startup. Today's question comes from Tony in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He writes in, I'm working on some patent applications and I've narrowed it down to two lawyers, one from a big law firm based in Silicon Valley that works with some of the big boys like Apple, Google, and Facebook, and a second local lawyer who has had some success as far as licensing and exits, but still a small shop. The big firm has lots of experience, but I'm afraid I'll be one of the smaller fish they have. On the other hand, the local guy spent 45 minutes on the phone with me, explained different options that the big guys didn't give me, and seemed genuinely interested in working with me. Do you have any experience or advice on what other factors I should be considering? Hey, Tony. Great question. And finding a lawyer for your startup is a huge pain. (laughs) And it can be really easy to be drawn in by the big box you know, legal firms. Uh, I know there's a lot of startup agencies, uh, agencies. I know there's a start, a lot of startup, like legal, you know, law firms in San Francisco and there's a lot in New York. And I've seen that there's a lot in Boston and a lot of big cities have these huge firms that focus, or at least have a huge division focused on working with startups. But then there's also like one man shops, like at, uh, for a long time and still at launch peer, like we, when we have relationships with attorneys, it's usually very small groups of people because we like that intimate relationship. We like that they know the day-to-day operations of the company. We like that we can have them come in and have coffee with our team and like we know who they are and we, you know, invite each other over for dinner and like do these things that you probably wouldn't do with a really big company. But that really is just personal preference for me. So I know I'm talking to everyone listening to this right now and not just Tony and I'm not speaking from personal point of view. So I'm going to talk to you about what I would look for when I'm trying to make a decision on whether I should work with a big agency or a small, like one man show. First, I would look at pricing. (laughs) Um, Some people will tell you like, well, pricing shouldn't matter. You should just get the best. Like that is such BS. Like if you told me that one guy was a thousand dollars an hour, another guy was $200 an hour, I'd be like, all right, I'm going with $200 an hour for anyone to say that they wouldn't have that factored in is like the biggest consideration for them is either overspending on their startup or they don't have enough experience to know what a good decision is <laughs> because that price as an early stage startup should factor into every single decision. I don't care if you're signing up for like a $10 a month tool to help you run social media. You should be worried about spending that $10. Like that's just how it is. That's how you should operate your startup every single day is worrying about whether or not that dollar is going to get you a return on investment. And that includes spending money on legal stuff because it's not like you're going to get a return on investment from the lawyer. But if you spend a thousand dollars an hour versus $200 an hour, 
well, that's $800 an hour that you just lost in opportunity cost. Could you, could you have used that for Facebook ads? Cause you, could you have used it for cold email campaigns? Could you have used it to, I mean, do a million things like buy swag for the next event that you're going to, which I don't recommend, but you know, stuff like that you could spend your money on instead of paying more money for an attorney. Um, so that's one thing I would consider is just the price. And that's a really easy way to black and white be like, first determine what your budget is to have legal representation and then decide, okay, well they're over our budget. Boom. They're knocked out. Doesn't matter. So that's one way to do it. The next thing that I would look at is I want when I'm working with a lawyer, someone who really truly does care about my company and who is going to go to bat for me, whether or not I'm their smallest customer or I'm their biggest customer. I've seen situations mostly at development companies because Obviously, before I started Launchpeer, I worked at some really big software development companies, and it was a pretty normal situation where we would sign a small customer who wanted, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty thousand dollar website, uh, something like that, and then we'd sign a huge contract with like a million dollar uh, contract with some company. Well, who do you think took the back burner? Well, it was the smaller company, like their, their projects go on the back burner or we dedicate less time or less resources, definitely less attention to it. Not because I think our founder there really wanted to do that. I think it was just natural to do that. And because he didn't put the checks in place to make sure that didn't happen, it happened all the time. And so when you're looking at the big agency, make sure that when you go in there, they understand how small you are. They understand that you are trying to grow and that if you do grow, like obviously you'd want them to get their, you know, they want to get your business. And so make it clear to them that that's what happens and try to talk to some of their other customers who are just as small as you. Cause they're the ones that are going to be the best people to tell you like, yes, I've been with them for this long. We've been this small. And anytime I ever needed anything, they were right there to help me. Now this is the same, I don't want to like throw big law firms like under the bus here. It's the same thing for small law firms because most small law firms I've seen would eventually love to be huge law firms. So you could be one of their, let's say they have 10 small customers. Well, what happens when they sign a big customer and then another big customer and another big customer? Are you then going to go on the back burner too? So it sounds nice to say, oh, well, these guys are just two or three people. Like they really care about me. Well, well, what happens in six months when they sign a really big customer? Are they really going to care about you then? Like You don't know. And so it has a lot to do with sort of what we talked about in the last episode about mentorship, where it has a lot to do with emotional intelligence. It, it, you're going to have to read people and decide like, what kind of feeling do I get? When this person tells me they really care about my startup, do I believe them? When I talk to the people that they're working with right now, does it sound like they are getting what they feel like they should be getting, the attention that they think they deserve in order to have the legal side of their startup taken care of? And so that's a, a, another thing. The last thing is location. For me, I lean very heavily on hiring, especially for legal stuff, someone close to me. And that means I want someone who's proximity wise, very like a drive away, a very, very short drive away. It sounds like this agency from what Tony said is, or this law firm from what Tony said is pretty close, but let's just assume he wasn't close. Let's say he was, you know, the law firm was a few hours away and these guys, uh, these small law firm that wanted to work with him is really, really close. I would weigh that very heavily in the small law firm's favor and vice versa if it was the other way around. Um, because 
I want to be able to, if there's an emergency, be able to go talk to my lawyer very quickly. And that means being able to call him on the phone or send him an email and say, Hey, can we meet for coffee? Like, I really got to talk to you about something. Uh, and so having them really close, even though you hopefully will never have to use that. And you know, I've never had to just call my lawyer out of the blue and say, Hey, can we meet for coffee? It gives me a lot of peace of mind that I know that if I needed to, I could literally drive 10 minutes from where I'm sitting right now and go talk to him in his office whenever I needed to. And he was available. Um, so that definitely helps me feel better if we ever did need to do anything with our lawyer. The last thing I want to talk about doesn't have anything to do with choosing an attorney. And so if all the stuff I just talked about is about choosing what side you should go on. So hopefully that answers your question, Tony. The next thing I want to talk about is something I've talked about before, which is, do you really need an attorney right now? (laughs) And do you really need an attorney on a retainer? Uh, Obviously you're going to need an attorney for certain things like, you know, patent application. Sure. Like boom, one thing that you need done, quick hit in out, apply for it. That's it for filing an LLC. If you need help doing that and you don't want to use like something like legal zoom or do the paperwork yourself. Sure. You're going to need an attorney to do that for you. A mistake that people make sometimes though, is they feel like they need to have an attorney and an accountant and an HR company and these other professionals working on their startup when it's way too early to even consider doing that. Uh, and so as you're trying to make the decision on whether or not you should have like a real direct, like one-on-one, you are my attorney. I am your client and only like you are my only attorney and I am an actual client, not just, Hey, I'm paying you to do this one task, do it great. Like there's no requirement that I keep working with you. That's the kind of relationship that I would keep with an attorney early on and say, Hey, you know what? I don't know if I want a long-term relationship with a lawyer yet. I don't know if I can afford it, but I do need a patent application filed. So how about we start with that? And then we see where things go from there. And as I grow and I need more services, then I'll come back to you and have more services, you know, locked in you at an early stage for your startup when you're just a handful of customers and maybe just a couple employees or a couple team members, or you're just you and your co-founder or just you by yourself, you probably don't need to have an attorney working for you full time. So Uh, If that's the situation that you're in right now, just think very hard about why it is that you feel you need an attorney. And if you have questions about whether or not you think you should, I'm not a lawyer, so I, I can't really tell you whether or not you should or should not hire an attorney, but I can give you some examples of founders that I've worked with in the past who were maybe in similar situations. So if you're in a situation like that, make sure that you shoot me an email uh, at hello at launchpeer.com and I'll do my best to respond and let you know not from a legal standpoint, (laughs) I feel like you have to caveat everything nowadays, but not from a legal standpoint, but from a personal standpoint, whether or not I would personally, if I was in your shoes, hire an attorney to do that, or what are some resources that you can go look at to kind of take care of some of that stuff on your own. Thanks for listening to this episode of Launch Chat. If you enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a rating or review on iTunes. Every time you give us a rating or review, it helps us spread the word about the podcast. And the more founders that can listen to the show, the more founders we can help with the answers that we give on the podcast. And also it means the more questions that we'll be able to answer. And I'm sure you have the same question that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And the more questions that we can feature on the show, the better the show will be. So if you've already given us a rating or review, we really appreciate it. And if you haven't yet, please go ahead and rate us or review us on iTunes. And if you have your own questions about building your startup, whatever they are, head over to launchchat.io and record your question or send us an email at hello at launchpeer.com and make sure you mention the podcast in the subject line of the email. 